Welcome to The Convergence Podcast. The Convergence is a space designed for university and college students, post-secondary students, and young adults to explore and deepen their faith. It's a space to think, question, doubt, and hopefully, ultimately, to worship. So glad you're here. Hey, hope you're all having a great day, evening, night, whenever or wherever you might find yourself listening to this podcast. We're excited to bring you an episode on what is friendship with our four great panelists. Some of the audio might be cutting in and out, so we apologize for that. We're currently in the process of updating our recording tech, but uh, thanks. We're going to now start tuning into this podcast. But first, a word from Bob on friendship. Some thoughts about friendship as we begin. In the ancient world, friendship was recognized as a power for good. Aristotle famously wrote about friendship as one of the keys to the moral life, the good life. If the good was to be genuinely pursued, then so was friendship, because a good friend somehow strengthened one's pursuit of the well-lived life, the life of courage and meaning and virtue. It was also seen that at least potentially, friendship could empower evil as well. Choose a wayward friend and you were more likely to go wayward yourself. Maybe we could say that friendship has a multiplying effect. A good friendship can increase our courage to do the right things, to choose wisely, or conversely, a bad friendship might increase the tendency to, to pursue ill-gotten gain, for instance, or illicit pleasure. Perhaps you are recalling right now just how good and bad friendships have shaped you to one degree or another. The Bible gives us various storied ways to see this principle. There's the story of David and his friendship with Jonathan, David being the preeminent biblical king whose heart, it was said, whose heart was after God. But you know, there's this other layer of grace in his life, the grace of a friendship with Jonathan. And the scriptures tell us that they were knit together in heart and that Jonathan loved David. To be loved, I think, by a friend is a huge grace, and it is something we should both want to receive and want to give. During some of David's most difficult times running from King Saul, who, who wanted him dead, it was Jonathan, ironically Saul's son, Jonathan, who gave David strength, who it says in the scriptures, helped him find strength in God. That is a true friend, a, a friend who helps you endure hard times, who helps you find what is good and true to hold on to. You know, there are other friendships in the Bible one I often think of is the friendship between Amnon and Jonadab in 2 Samuel 13. It says there that Amnon had a friend named John, Jonadab, and together they hatch an evil scheme to actually commit a crime, an act of sexual violence, a rape. It's a horrific story, but it seems that in that case, a friend gave another friend a power <laughs> to do something evil. And therefore, we have to choose our friends well, don't we? 
Because for good or for ill, friends give us power. In John chapter 15, Jesus does this incredible thing. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, he said, I'm calling you friends because everything I've learned from the father I've made known to you. He says all this in the simplest way, in the simplest grammar. Uh, I remember in my language studies, in the present active indicative of, of, the, of the Greek, almost childlike, he's saying, you are my friends. Just like a child would say that in the playground. And uh, to say it is to make it so. Jesus is saying, I want to move to another level of relationship with you, one of friendship to help you become all that you should be like Jonathan for David, maybe like Sam for Frodo. (laughs) Jesus wants to counsel us and empower us towards what is best and highest. The image I often carry of Christian community is that of Jesus at the table with his friends. None of us comes to Jesus alone as if it's just Jesus and ourselves. We come to the table to be with Jesus and we find there the company of friends. And we are invited to all Jesus's friends. As he says to us, meet my friends, Peter and John and Mary. And we discover if we stay at the table that Jesus includes us in this web of friendship of persons who share our hearts, who help us find what is best in life, who strengthen us, who help us find the good path. There's this anecdote in in the life of Paul where he said he was going through a very tough time. And he actually says, he talks about his anxieties and his despair. He talks about conflicts on the outside and fears within. That's quite amazing language. But then he said, God who comforts the downcast comforted me in the coming of Titus. How often that is true. And why we are talking about friendship in the month of February, the month usually reserved for romantic love, we think should be also (laughs) considered the love of friendship to celebrate friends and to consider this deeply good way that God invites us into. And so we're going to listen to two pairs of friends tonight who are going to help us think better about this very important aspect of our lives. Enjoy. Tell us about your friend. Why is this person your friend? What, what brought you to them? And why do you stay friends with them? What is good about them? And just introduce them, brag about them, maybe uh, <laughs> boast about them a little bit and, and why. And let's start with you, All right. With me, not ladies first? Sure, ladies first. Ah, sorry. Mom, do you want to start? And this is my mom also as well, so that's, uh, that's another fun thing, but we can start with ladies. There you go. Well, this is my dear friend, Carrie. I have, I have several Carrie friends. I, in my wedding party, there were three <laughs> were of three. them, and their wow. names were all spelt differently. Carrie, Carrie, and it's Carrie. prerequisite. Yeah. Wow. So Carrie and I met in high school, so we have known wow. each other since we were about... 15, 15 years old. I think Carrie remembers seeing me in a gym class. I was probably missing a volleyball spike. <laughs> it was or softball. Softball. We were playing softball. softball? Okay, there we go. So um, we, and this will kind of lead into some of the things that 
results in a friendship. We were from different cities and we were at a boarding school actually. So we lived together in a dorm. So we did everything together. Um, eating, sports, homework, suntanning by the railroad tracks, a few things like that. She was that. my math Chasing tutor. Boys. I was your math tutor. Chasing yeah. boys. Well, you know, we were at Prairie, so we weren't really allowed to chase Illegal. boys. Because okay. they're... Sinful. Yeah, it was a little. So, so we've known each other for a really, really long time. So I think one of the things, I, I think we would have been, would continue to have been friends no matter what. But um, God, in his goodness to us, um, led Carrie to Calgary. And so we have now lived in Calgary, very close to each other for 30, 30 years, 30 years, yeah. something like that. So we have um, raised our kids together. Um, our daughters are still, well, our daughters and our son are still very good friends. He was in my wedding party as His, well. Yeah, her yeah. son was in our son's wedding party. So um, Carrie is a very, very huge gift to me in my life. And we have our Kleenex already. <laughs> I don't I don't want to jump too quickly into yes. the too much of the other questions. Bit of fun facts about Carrie or something that you love about Carrie. <laughs> there's lots oh, there's lots I love about Carrie. Um, I think again, one of the things that we'll talk about later, I think when your value systems line up, Carrie loves Jesus. And so that has been something that has been part of our our friendship all along, and um, just the, the verse in Proverbs, like the correction of a friend is something that's precious, and we have, it's been a friendship where we have been able to kind of hold each other higher and really encourage each other in our walks with God, and we've done a lot of praying together. Um, we've babysat each other's kids mm-hmm. all the way along. Logan's baby shower was at my house. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So we we I, didn't I know that. Fun fact. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so we do not take it for granted cuz we realize that it is a, a very precious mm-hmm. treasure. Probably I don't know, we have we have a lot a lot of good memories together. We have a very unusual situation where we have uh, other families that we both know as well. So we have lots of memories of camping together, um, fondues, um, breakfasts out as uh, the girls in the group. Um, probably one f- kind of unique memory that I remember in high school. Bacon? We, yes. Oh. <laughs> we both somehow along in our discussion had a common uh, thing in our family where when bacon was cooked, you were only allowed two pieces, right? You're we actually to, didn't have bacon a whole lot. Never had bacon? <laughs> no. So we decided, we're fairly grown up now. We can decide how much bacon we want to eat. So we, in at, at our boarding school, cooked, bought and cooked a whole package of bacon and ate the entire thing in one sitting. Great. And we've never wanted more than two pieces. <laughs> so we cured ourselves of that. So. Carrie, would you introduce us to your friend? <clears throat> my friend Barb. Um, and I, I honestly feel in some ways that I know Kelly almost as long as I've known Barb. Almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in the boarding school at Prairie, um, I came from a really interesting home situation. So I was really needing family. Mm-hmm. And so I remember we were in phys ed class and, and after, when it came time to have the summer break, 
I remember writing Barb a letter going, can I call you my best friend? Like I was just, I was just wanting, just wanting some connection. And she didn't run away, so that was nice. Um, uh, yeah, it's, and we were just talking about this too, realizing that right from high school, she was gonna go to nursing, going to U of C, and I thought, okay, guess I won't see her for a while. But our lives just kept interconnecting, and I think that's the one thing she'd be talking, or if you were in YWAM the first year after high school. And I remember I was in my first year of college at Prairie, and... And YWAM was not allowed on Prairie campus at that time, so you have to right. understand, me going to YWAM from Prairie was like mind-blowing. Yes. I was very, very yes. rebellious that I did that. But it was very interesting, it was really interesting because I would call her, and didn't have cell phones in those days, I'd call her and say, this is what God's teaching me. He's showing me this stuff about worship. And she's like, I'm learning the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting how that spiritual connection was really important mm -hmm. and was a value for me and for her. So That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, Art and Dwayne, you guys want to introduce each other? Whoever wants to go first. This is Dwayne. Hi. Uh, I, I uh, affectionately call him Duane. Duane. <laughs> because that's how you spell his name. <laughs> Uh, we've known each other since I think our our mothers gave birth to eat us, and our, we got baby swapped. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We haven't known each other that long. We've known each other from the context of YWAM. Yeah. And uh, back in, I was in Kelowna, and you were with YWAM Calgary. And I don't know how many years it's been. It's been. I've been since 1999. It's probably accurate. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. As long as some of you have been alive or longer, and uh, I, I think um, I, I think our, our I mean we moved into our friendship over that period of time. I think by coming into Calgary when my wife and I came back to Calgary, started spending more time and joining in with YM Calgary, started doing things together, working on different ministries and stuff like that together. Uh, soon found a commonality with Dwayne, and. Uh, whether it be through hockey or through travel trips that we did with missions and different things, just shared experiences. And uh, over that period of time, just learning about each other, learning to be able to be vulnerable with one another. And uh, I think over that time, we became quite close to the point where we, people used to joke, or we used to joke, that we were each other's YWAM wife. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so that was, that was something I took. The other wife. Yeah, that's yeah. my other wife, Queen. <laughs> I used to say he was the wife because he controlled the money. And Dwayne is a father of three flaming redhead boys. Two of them are red. Two, two of them red, yeah. and and but they're 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 all in different stages of life with very unique things going on, and my wife and son and I adore that family, and we feel that they adore us, mm -hmm. and uh, my son calls him, and his wife uncle and auntie, and uh, uh, many years ago I think it was Emirate, the middle child, was uh, had a friend over and he, talked about Uncle Art and Auntie Creed and. The friend said, well, how, how's their, how are they your uncle and auntie? <laughs> I don't know, but they just are. <laughs> so, yeah, those kind That's of true. shared experiences. Yeah. And what else can I say about Dwayne? Dwayne is um, a thinker. He's a social magnet. 
Wow, people are drawn that. to him <laughs> everywhere I go. People are drawn to Dwayne. Easily find him comforting, easy mm-hmm. to talk to. And I would also say he's an action hero. Oh. And I can later on uh, give details of what I, th- what hero. that means. Okay. In, Look forward to that. You're awesome. an action hero. <laughs> an action hero. Dwayne, tell us about Uh, Yeah, so I consider Art one of my best friends. So I have a circle of best friends. Um, So it's not singular, um, but Art is in that circle of best friends. My best friend is my wife, but that was a growing process to get there. um, I've always had lots of good close guy friends, and uh, yeah, Art became a close guy friend for me, and I can share how or why that happened, or mostly how that happened. But yeah, 1999 is when we met, but we didn't really get on a journey of friendship till probably 2002. And I think what brought that friendship was just common connection. So we were colleagues together, or we worked together, but just because you work together doesn't mean you're friends. Um, there has to be way more than just the, the, the ability to just work together. And so I think as Art and I uh, have been working together that we've logged a lot of time together. So that's I think one of the key things with friendship is just logging time mm-hmm. together. And uh, through that through that time, uh, we've had many I don't know just many shared experiences. And I think it's experiences that that bring you together uh, or brings friendships together because now you got something that you both can relate to. Or you, like I didn't even remember the story about <laughs> Amrick. Calling, calling Art and Karina uncle, and why do you call him uncle? I don't know. This is what my is. mom and dad tell me. He's my uncle. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I remember one experience. We went to China together, and my red-headed, pasty white son was a magnet in yeah. China, and they just called him White Tiger. That's and awesome. so we would be uh, walking the streets of China with the, Evan on back and... Garrison on back, holding hands, and yeah. We, yeah, and we, we would hold hands. <laughs> the boys are holding hands. And oh, yeah, in China, hands. a lot of boys hold hands together, actually. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, so just shared experiences. And then I just think then life-on-life life experience started to happen for us. And one of the things that, um, that I appreciated is, um, or maybe I'm sharing this later. Oh, no, I'm sharing it now, is... is uh, we've we've experienced a lot of sacred moments together as families too. So weddings and funerals and baptisms and you know just kind of cool things like that. And I put that in the shared experiences, but they're also sacred experiences together. So I very I value that. I value our theological wrestlings because for years, I mean, coming from a YWAM perspective, I could see why it didn't really fit into Prairie very well. Because uh, you know in YWAM, a lot of people in YWAM. Uh, are wrestling through theological things. And so we had an opportunity to just really wrestle through a lot of things over the years, which I've valued. Um, and then Art highlighted this, the personal interest. Like, we both like hockey. What? Hockey? I mean, he's a Canadians fan, so that sucks. But he does, he does like the Flames. Sometimes yeah. we disagree about things, but that's the value of friendship, that yeah. you love them through yeah, they're yeah. misunderstanding. Like I still, I, I still cannot cheer for them. But when I watch the Canadians play, I go, oh, okay, there's Art. He's cheering on them. I, I can't, but Art is. Art's cheering for the Canadians. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. yeah. And then travel and food, man. I've learned so much from Art. 
about travel and food. Like if you want to go to weird, not weird places, but places that are not your tourist destinations, go with this guy. Because he is going to find the local food, the local hangout, the local something to just dive into culture. And art brings brings that. And I've valued that and appreciated it and grown uh, in my appreciation for culture through art for sure. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Well, what just generally maybe that you've experienced with your friend or with somebody else are the characteristics of a good friend? Let's start with art and just go down the, go down the line. Yeah, I, I thought about this question, and, and this, quest, this question is hard to answer because I think uh, it depends on what you're describing or, or your definition of a good friend, right? And so this actually led me to rethinking some of our YWAM teachings. We used to talk about levels of relationship, and uh, I went and tried to find old notes. I couldn't find my old notes. They're all gone. And so I found um, something online from a psychology website, which is very close uh, to what we used to teach as well. And it says there's, there's five levels. So there's the, a stranger's level, which means I know of you. Um, and there's acquaintances who says, I know you. Casual friends, where I like you. Uh, close friends, I understand you. And then the deep one is the intimate friends. I connect with you. And so when, when you're talking about these levels of friendships, uh, and you ask the question of what are the characteristics of a good friend, it depends on the level, right? The levels of a good friend on, on maybe a, a casual friend level, there's, a, there's, you know, you don't do me wrong, I'll do you wrong. That's, that's the quality of a good a casual friend, right? Uh, intimate friend is quite different, I think. And I think for, for me to answer uh, what is the point of a, 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 a quality of, of a really good friend is... is when I look at them and the standards that they hold, the qualities that they hold, are they the same that I would hold for myself? Are they the same that I would hold for my wife and my son? And I think Dwayne is that for me. Like in, in whereas uh, that intimacy I have with him, I hold him to certain standards, he holds me to those standards. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I didn't mention this before, but uh, oftentimes we would be on the car ride going to hockey and we'd divulge some deep things about where our relationship is with our wife and our son and he would listen and he would interject and correct if he felt necessary to correct or encourage where he felt necessary to encourage but that you have this place where you could share mutually your deepest most intimate thoughts on things right yeah. and again levels it depends on your experience right some people may think that oh I, I have lots of level five relationships yeah, that guy, he knows what beer I like, what coffee I like, you know, what hockey team I cheer for. That's level five, man. Mm -hmm. Because that's as far as you've ever gone into intimacy. Whereas I think when you've gone into deep intimacy and you've, uh, you know, reflected on what God's word is and you, you check yourself in the mirror and you, you do these sort of things and you have a friend that can help you do that. Mm -hmm. I used to say this all the time. is a good friend tells you when you have bad breath <laughs> and when you stink, right? Yeah. So my That's good right. friend tells yeah. me when I stink. Mm -hmm. And he goes, dude, I, I think that kind of stinks what you do. <laughs> and that you can actually receive from that. I think that level of intimacy and quality of friendship, that, that's pretty hard to find, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, it's good. I remember actually conversations like that. Yeah. I haven't said that to you in a very long time, though. Yeah, we stink. Here's the <laughs> thing is we don't hang out as much anymore. That's true, yeah. 
he refuses to come play hockey with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would answer this question as what are things that like I look for, and these are maybe just things that I I value in friendships, and I probably we probably all intuitively do this without really understanding why we do it. Um, but my intuition towards friendships would be loyalty is something like just something someone who's loyal to me. Art's been a very loyal friend for a long time, over two decades. So there's loyalty there. Uh, and trust. I trust Art with my life. I trust Art. I mean, I think my wife and I went on vacation, and we left our kids with Art and Karina. And when we came back, they were alive. So <laughs> I trust <Love> Art. <laughs> <laughs> I trust Art with my life. Yeah. Uh, common interests, I think, are important. I don't think we should ever downplay just the commonality of doing things together. I think that's super important in a friendship is just finding some things to do together that you both enjoy. Not just one person enjoys, but both of you enjoy doing that. I think that's huge. Um, serving one another. I can't emphasize that enough too, right? Like I know when Art was doing some basement renovations and I'm not a great carpenter but or a good one at all, I came to help do some Absolutely. deck work and some housework and I was happy to do that. And Art has done likewise uh, for me too. I can always rely on Art, you know, if I need him for something that he would at least consider helping <laughs> me, which, which is awesome. Uh, playing together. We talked we talked about hockey and traveling, playing together. Um, someone who's life-giving. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term. People, Some people are life-givers to you and some are, you know, life-drainers or they suck the life from you. And we, we do need both. We need both of those kinds of people in our lives, but it can't be, like, in balance in a sense. You should try and have some people who you're pouring into and and... Then there should be people that, you know, just give you life. And so I look for that in a friendship. Someone who just brings me life, makes me laugh, makes me feel me. Like I like to feel me when I'm with mm. art. And I can mm. be natural in me when I'm with art. Uh, sharing deeper thoughts. Um, shot, thoughts, emotions, or spirituality. I have some other friends that, you know, maybe we're not super deep on certain spiritual things because we just don't have that same commonality. But I can share deeper thoughts with them. So it's it's just that combination that I can truly share the meest of me. Mm. If I can find people who can accept me and love me and I can share the, the meest me, mm. I would consider that person to be my friend because I can be vulnerable and share life with. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, ditto to all those things. Um, one of the things that we, we had talked about before, and I think it ties in with what you're saying, so you have those shared experiences and those times of sharing, but that takes intentionality. It doesn't just happen. You don't just all of a sudden run into each other in the street and, oh, we now have a shared experience. It's, it's putting those things, being intentional about, okay, we are going to have time together so that we then have those shared experiences, mm -hmm. right? And so... Setting things in your schedule um, to make sure that you're seeing that person regularly, right? So we, when we were when we were raising our kids, we were having coffee 
together, I think it was once a week, usually, mm -hmm. yeah, getting the kids together. So, but that, I mean, that was something that we were very intentional about. We, we made that happen. Um, camping trips, we have an annual one that our families do together. So we have those shared experiences because we've been intentional about having those times um, together. So, yeah, shared things that you enjoy doing. I think the your whole you know comment about trust and vulnerability, and I think there that is something that you're not gonna just. Oh, first time I see you, I think we're gonna be friends. Let me tell you the deep like things about you. <laughs> no, it, well, it is kind of funny because when Carrie wrote me that letter about you know you wanting, would you be my best friend? Normally, that would have been something where I would have been like. Okay, I'm running the other way. That sounds a bit needy to me. And so I I didn't. And that's why she said that she stuck that I stuck around because for me that was a little I didn't like the best friend word because that meant that everybody else then was in another category and held out there. And so I really resisted that term and I don't think she even knew that when she wrote me that letter but I normally that term would make me bristle because I'm like because ah! I, I want to and I like how you put it just having that mm. you know there's a, a group of best friends but I always bristled mm -hmm. at the will you be my best Exclusive. friend because yeah. then if we're saying we're best friends then everybody else out there is in in another category and I just felt that that was really I didn't want to do that. Anyway, so intentionality. I think I think in a friendship, like something that I've really experienced with Carrie, and Stephanie saw an example of it just before um, here, was is it is an other other focus. Like Carrie is very conscious about I was just looking at the Philippians verse earlier today, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves and look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So I'm, we're going on this Dominican trip here, a house building trip next Friday. Oh my goodness, I got to get that in my calendar. This is Carrie's first response. I got to get that in my calendar so that I'm thinking about you and I'm praying for you. And I'm, so there's that kind of, there's that, other other focus in a friendship that I think is is needed um, and that's something that can really bring that friendship and I, I have told people in the past it, it might be kind of a, a selfish thing in a way but I find I'm better when I'm reaching out and focusing on others and not just on myself so I think that's a really important part of a friendship is just looking not looking to your own interests but looking to the interests of others and i i was thinking about john 15 earlier today too and um greater love has no one than this that they would lay down their life for you not that any of us are ever going to be required to do that hopefully but i was just thinking you know of jesus as an example of a friend so following him in that example and his the ultimate thing that he did as our friend was laying down his life. And so obviously that looking out for us, looking out um, for someone else, um, I think that's a really important part of a friendship. And it starts in little things and then the mm -hmm. same thing with the trust and intimacy starts with little bits. And then as you have those shared experiences and that growing trust um, and an example of looking out for the other, I think those are things that are really important in friendships. 
Well, speaking of sacrifice, when I was just thinking of uh, thinking of others, because when I was engaged, we married. <clears throat> Barb and Kelly were overseas, and this was a big ask. But I'm like, I would really like you to be in my wedding party, and so she took two weeks, flew back. I couldn't afford to pay for her flight, and she totally came back. She sacrificed for me to come back, and that. Because she's become like family, that was that blew my mind that she would do that for me. Really, it really did. Um, and secondly, would be honesty because you're talking about earlier if your breath stinks, you know your friend will tell you. Well, there's a there's been a couple key pivotal moments I think in our friendship where I needed that I needed that from you, and I needed it. I didn't really know that I needed it, but I I just thought. And I, I really believe Holy Spirit helped me recognize that you were doing this in love. Mm. And that could, I think that could have just, it could have changed us as friends. But I, I could see how much you loved me and how much it pained you to say, because I, I really did want her all to myself. <laughs> and then, because we, I remember we were at Beddington and I, she says, you know, there's a whole group of people here that I don't get to see a lot. And she says, you said to me, you will always have a place in my heart, but I, I need to reach out. And I thought, wow. It, yeah, this woman's amazing. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen another example of love for other people. So, thank you. Now I need big things. <laughs> it's true. That's awesome. Um, we'll put this one up to just the whole table, and you can choose to answer or don't have to answer, but if you want to just chime in. Um, what will test or strain a friendship? What is something that could rip a friendship apart, and how can you avoid that? How can you fight against it? Just the example that I just shared. Mm. If your friend sees something, and you are mm. resistant to it, or just feel pride rising up, and I just... Yeah, I think that will decimate. I think that, you know, those that situation, we already had years of that trust established. And, and other instances where I had, we had proven that we loved each other and that we were committed to the friendship. So I don't think that I probably would have been quite that honest <laughs> if I hadn't known that we already had some history together mm -hmm. and I also trusted that Carrie was sensitive to God and wanting to please God and to walk in the way of Jesus and so I also would not have mm -hmm. been as um, willing to have said some things like that if if I hadn't sensed that that you know, that you had that sensitivity mm -hmm. to God as well. But I think I, I had a distance, obviously, is one of those things that I think can, life, life seasons. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we, Carrie started working full-time a few years back. Yeah, and so those, you know, weekly get-togethers that we had had, we could have, you know, grown apart. We could have had distance, but we've been able to be intentional about keeping those things um, keeping those regular meeting times mm -hmm. together. So I think for me, for sure, um, different value systems. Like I don't think, I think my closest friends will be people that love Jesus too <laughs> because it's, I, that is such an important part of my life, such a huge value for me that I think 
I, I have friends who don't have that, but for sure there's a common um, bond because of that. So um, I think thing that would those things would cause strain on like a yeah just a lack of being able to receive that input from someone from your friend um different value systems i'd add to that living in community together that will that will test <laughs> test friendship so whether it's a dormitory scenario or you're in a house together or you're in a spiritual faith community together when you can you know have have some 24 7 time together for months that will test or strain your relationship so yeah. Dwayne and I are talking a little bit about this on the drive up and in the fact that um, even time away from people and different experiences like, like if Dwayne and I we don't really hang out as much anymore like we used to be like almost 24 7 together like and uh, you know uh I'm busy at Sade, and he's busy at Jay Liz. His kids are in hockey. My kids no longer playing hockey. And so we're not at in each other's lives 24-7 anymore. And we could easily, by that, just lose touch with each other. And uh, as as we have, I have friends. I have uh, friends that I used to think were, you know, maybe not level five friendship, level four friendship at least. But now we've gone different ways, different experiences. Mm -hmm. I feel like, why aren't they as open to me as they used to be? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it? Well, our ideologies have changed. Maybe our political parties <laughs> are in different places. And, and you know, maybe we view um, whether or not God ordained <laughs> COVID or COVID <laughs> vaccinations or whatever it is that, that pushes us away from each other because we don't value things the same anymore. But it... I was telling this to uh, one of my son's friends whose uncle used to be a very deep friend, maybe level four or five, but now we still know each other, we still like each other, but I don't think we're at that level anymore. I don't think we're at level three. In my heart, he's still a level four, five friend, but how we commune together is not. And so I think things do change just because time, space, differences, different share, different experiences different tracks that we end up on. But some of those dear things that I hold on to for people, and, and uh, you know, recently we've been at memorial services and funerals and stuff, and like, the end of the, uh, someone's life, I don't really remember all the hurt and anguish anymore. I still remember the lovely things. And so even though people may hurt you or whatever, you still cling on to some of these sort of things as things that you remember and, and, and experience as it's goodness, right? And, and yeah, things can strain a relationship. Like potentially, you can never get back to the way mm -hmm. things used to be. But it's okay. For a period of time, that was wonderful. That was beautiful. Not every relationship in our lives are meant to be level five right. friendships. That's right. You know, like not every relationship that comes across is meant to be twenty plus thirty years, and in d deep. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. And you and sometimes you can forgive you give yourself permission to forgive yourself that you haven't been, you know, the best friend for that person. We're not always called to be the best friend for everyone, right? I don't know if I'm taking this out of context, but Jesus had twelve disciples, and we were talking about he you know, had communion with the one that he knew was gonna betray him, and 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 out of that twelve, he took three along the way, right? So were they his besties? I'm not saying. 
Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yet he had 5,000 following him. Right. And they all felt loved by him mm-hmm. deeply. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked in your three answers how you said that the testing and the straining was actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like being together 24-7 obviously tested your friendship. Mm-hmm. It was something that was hard and challenging. But actually through that testing, you probably mm-hmm. got to know each other a lot better and mm-hmm. were actually maybe knitted together. And like mm-hmm. you were saying, you know, something that could test or strain a friendship is a, is a word of criticism, right? But that was actually something that, you know, helped you realize that mm-hmm. the love ran even deeper, right? Mm-hmm. That there was actually benefit there. So mm-hmm. that kind of went a different way than I thought, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something that might test or strain your friendship actually could be a good thing and, mm-hmm. and cause you to come out the other side stronger. That's true. Um, that's really good. We'll do the same thing. You guys can chime in. But what, just in general, has your friendship given you? What value has this friend has your friendship added to your life? Yeah, a place to wrestle, place mm. to be honest, share hardships. Mm. Yeah, comfort. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I had that as one of mine too. Just the strengthening of faith. I have a a few friends that I could really. Uh, wrestle with things spiritually uh iron sharpens iron and uh i'm not the most orthodox person around and so uh i i need friends to bounce ideas through some you know some people who have kingdom of god perspectives and can wrestle through some kingdom of god perspectives with me and art's one of those guys for sure uh i'm gonna use the word love because i think I didn't know this when I wrote my thing, and I was saying, yeah, this is, like, going to be a Valentine's thing, but instead of, like, romantic <laughs> love, it's, like, friendship love. I'm like, oh, well, that's what I have here, love, friendship love, which which in the Bible, the Greek term of that is phileo love, and that's, art's been that for me. Is, is a, and, and I think it's hard for guys to talk about loving each other. Like, I know Bob mentioned, you know, David and Jonathan had this bond of love together, which... Uh, I would agree. It's probably one of the best friendship stories maybe in history. And uh, I'm not saying we're David and Jonathan, or I'm not sure who is who. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I do love art, like that filet love, that friendship love that, uh, um, yeah, that is talked about. I've experienced that with art, so I know what that love is like. I know what it means. Um, and then art's just been a security blanket for me, too. Like, I just know he'll be there for me. If I'm Going through a tough thing, he's there. If we're gonna, I think we're supposed to watch the Barbie movie, aren't we? Yes, <laughs> and then we got sick, and yeah. then we couldn't do it. But. So through funny, yeah. fun times, you know, like art, arts, arts there. So, yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would, I would agree with all of those things. The, yeah, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've we've done a lot of. Um, praying together, just challenging each other to stay connected to mm-hmm. um, to God. Um, uh, sounding board, going through hard times. You know, is am I am I seeing this right? Like, is there another perspective that mm-hmm. that I I should maybe um, be thinking of here? Um, so spurring us, spurring each other on to mm-hmm. just be the best that we can be. Um, and I think I, I alluded, like, talked about this before, but just it's it, when you have someone else that you're looking out for, I think it's a really good thing. Like, you just, it gets you out of your own head and your own stuff, you know? So I'm thinking about the, 
the challenges that Carrie's going through with friendships or other or her work or these kind of things. And so I think those are just that's really good for me practically to be not just thinking about my stuff. So um, keeping me um, others other focused, but yeah, just connection, like being being known is a really amazing thing you know being known and being loved I mean she's known me since I was 15 mm -hmm. so she's seen me All grow up seasons. like I was a teenager and now I'm an adult and a mom and I'm gonna be a grandma um so yeah just like she she knows me probably aside from Kelly Carrie's probably the person that knows me the best really so and and she still loves me which is like awesome oh my word yes I, love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I say I say ditto to that and with knowing each other that long I think that there's a vulnerability too right because it's I mean yeah there's it, that reveals all kinds and I did live with her and Kelly for a she period did. of time so yeah. they did put up a lot with me so <laughs> but I happened I was looking um, I have in my devo, my quiet time every morning. I came across this, and this is a, a love note from Barb in our in high school. Oh. And she, <laughs> this, they had gave out these little old Very encouragement cards. So one thing that I value in friendship was encouragement. I felt like I needed constant, I think words of affirmation or my love language because I'm like. So this woman, this is her note. And you said my best friend. I know. Look, I'm just looking at that thinking, friend. wow. I was like, okay. <laughs> Anyone awesome. want to see this as evidence? Um, just to say, I really, really do love you. Let it sink in, kiddo, because it's true. I love you. Be encouraged, even though you may be tired and working hard. And then she's got a list of scriptures in the back. And so she's pointing me to Jesus. She's pointing me to Jesus. And she's her arms are open, but... She's pointing me upwards, so, and I think the older I get, the more I realize that that's, that's, that's meat and potatoes right there. So that's really good. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, we'll just go down the line and want you guys to share just something that you would like to share about friendship. Is there an insight that you feel like you have, even just for the people listening, like? Is there something that, like a, like a tip that you would give for friendships? There's something that you just want people to hear about friendship and that they could take away um, from this time? I'll start with Bart. Sure. Um, I was thinking about this and I thought of uh, what I used to tell my son when we would ask him, oh, what are you looking for in a spouse? Mm. And then he'd list all these qualities of different things, right? And we said, oh, that's fantastic. Sounds like a great... Uh, person to marry and then we would ask what's it going to take for you to become the kind of person that someone like that would marry mm -hmm. and so I would say the same thing it's if that's the kind of friend you want mm -hmm. what's it going to take for you to become that kind of a friend that someone mm -hmm. would want to choose that's really good and so yeah. cool um one of the things I wanted to bring to this discussion a little bit is the element of friendship in our faith community and how important that is. And Bob alluded to a scripture that I that I also um, was thinking about, and you also had to with John 15. Jesus was hanging with his peeps, and he's going to die. He knows he's going to die, and he's hanging out with his disciples. 
and he just hammers home with his disciples all about friendship and relationship. And as far as I know, Christianity or the, the kingdom of God faith is the only faith on the planet that relates a God deity being and humanity as friends. Um, I don't know. I mean, unless someone knows another religion that does that, I, d I don't know one. So, so, so Jesus was really hammering home something that I think was super foreign to even the Israelites and even his disciples. Like we read, I, I don't know how you read the Bible. But when I read the Bible, I go, man, those disciples are dense. Like they just, <laughs> they don't get it. But there's a reason why they don't get it because the kingdom of God that Jesus was introducing to them was so upside down than what they they had known from their Israelite forefathers right this whole and this whole language of friendship is such an upside down idea that how can the deity of all mankind be my friend but Jesus just hammers that that home like like love one another lay your life down for your friends there's two instances right in John 13 and 15 he just has them like like Book bookended there, you know, in in his talk and in his sharing and communion with his disciples. So I, to me, that's a clue going. Oh, the kingdom of God is about that. It is about friendship. And I know there's, you know, servant, you know, servant God, or there's master, sir, yeah, whatever. But I mean, this whole thing with with friendship. There's something there that Jesus was really wanting his disciples to understand and to get. And I still think to this day we mess it up all the time. It's it's not about that. You know, our, our faith communities or our churches or our things it can easily steer away from being friends with one another. And I think, like, Jesus was like, it is about laying your life down for your friends. It is about loving one another. In fact, it is so about that that the people who aren't on the inside circle, they'll know that this is real truth when they can see that you love one another and you're friends with one another. Yeah. Are we doing that as faith communities? Are we doing that as church? I think we moderately do that. I think we do a better job yeah. at doing that. And I read this amazing book, and it's been kind of the book of, I don't know, the book of um, my my uh, faith maybe in, in what we do. I didn't even share what, or I didn't even share what we, I do for, for work is, as we uh, have a, a faith community, not a faith community, but a, a ministry for single moms and kids, low-income single moms and kids. And our whole thing is just loving on them, just being friends and creating community. And this book called Friendships at the Margins has changed my perspective of things. And I love what uh, Christopher Hertz says here. He says, it's hard to imagine why we would think that people would want a relationship with Jesus if they sensed no interest on our part in a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and he, he's coming from that perspective of, we can just prostitute friendships to try and evangelize people and try and get them to know who Jesus is, but actually, are we really interested in them as a person? Right. Are we interested in them as a friend? Yeah. And so this whole book is just an expository of just how to do life and friendship with people on the margins. So, that's really good. Yeah. That's actually what I meant when I said he's an action hero. <laughs> there you go. That, <laughs> this is his living his life in action. His faith in action with people, uh, devoutly, genuinely, and uh, you know, even if they're level two friends, he, he does that well. So that's why he's an action hero. <laughs> Thanks, sir. Yeah. I, I don't see that.
<laughs> I think that one of the things that I just wanted to add is I think I think each person also needs to consider who they are and who God made them to be, because an extroverted person is going their friendships are going to look very different than an introverted person, right? And some people just have like a, a Carrie. I think she has what probably lunch dates. Weekly lunch dates, four days a week. And she calls different friends, probably in the morning, five days a week, right? Or four or five days a week. It's four. Four days, okay? <laughs> so four, four lunch dates a week. But they're phone. Like, I, yeah, but so she hour. downplays it. But, like, I, I couldn't sustain that So because I'm not, I'm not Carrie. But she is very intentional and... Calls four different people in the morning, is meeting, she works full time, so this is these are her spaces. So I I couldn't sustain that in the life, my lifestyle and my personality. So I think you and I admire her and I have learned about intentionality from Carrie. She's got these things set into her mm. schedule. Um, but I think we have to remember. Some people are introverted. Mm -hmm. Some people are extroverted. Like, that would be absolutely exhausting to mm -hmm. some of you if you mm -hmm. tried to do that, right? For four phone calls in a week, every single week to these two people, right? <laughs> and, and her wonderful husband, who I love, looks at her and goes, oh, my goodness, you have too many people in your life, right? Because he's, he's, an, introvert. he's an introvert, right? So I think, like, his friendships are going to look different mm -hmm. than than Carrie. So I think we have you have to give grace to yourself for how God wired you and how God created you and That's not true. compare yourself to a Carrie um, mm -hmm. in those and in, in things. So if you but you can't I think even as an as an introvert you you do need people. You need mm -hmm. to be known. You need to be connected. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out with your personality and who God has made you, what does that look like? Where are you having those deep connections? Where are those people that, are, that you are supporting and they're supporting you? Mm -hmm. So I think I would just, yeah, caution against the comparison game mm -hmm. because um, there are, your friendships are going to look different mm -hmm. based upon how you're wired and how, how God has made you. So... Um, yeah. I would think the one thing, these are all good things. Um, the one thing I would add is if you find a friend, make those, keep on, like being intentional with that because I think there's people that we've kind of lost track of over the years. You go, oh, if only I would have done, you know, made that phone call. Who knows what, I mean, that would have led to another phone call or another. Mm -hmm connection time so I think don't don't give up on um, yeah if you find a friend of value then just be intentional that's what I would add awesome well we want to turn it over to you guys now and if you guys have thoughts about friendship if you guys have questions about friendship we wanted to ask you guys where do you feel like friendship is at right now like do you guys feel like friendship is something that our culture does well, that our churches do well. Um, and then also, in addition to that, you guys can ask our panelists any questions that you guys might have about friendship um, that have maybe come up from this time. So two things that you guys can do if you feel like friendship. Where do you feel like friendship is at? And then if you guys have any questions. Mm -hmm.
you said um, uh, when you had a hard time in your relationship that you kept on because you had committed to this relationship. And I was just wondering, how would you suggest we discern when to stay committed to a relationship? Mm -hmm. Like, not every relationship is for your whole life, someone for a season. So. No. Yeah, I think that's one that you have to be very wise about. So I think that's multifactored. Um, I think you need lots of discernment and, and lots of wisdom about that. I don't think there's like a set a set formula. I think obviously, I, I think if, if it's a friendship that is, um, that you feel like it's draining you and bringing you down, um, I think there's seasons where you stay in those friendships. Um, but I think it's a real, it's, you know, as someone that has faith and has a relationship with God, I think that's something that you just really have to ask God about. But I, there definitely are, I can think of several friendships that I invested a huge amount in for a long time. And for one reason or another, some of those is because the other person decided that they didn't want that friendship anymore. Um, another another one where I sensed a real prompting from God to get involved and then I also sensed that prompting from God that my season was done and to to get out right and so um, I think you just it's that having that friendship with God is going to help you to make those um, choices I think no matter what you do you still need to it's a kind of a weird thing, but in, in love, walk away, right? It's to continue to be patient and kind and gentle and forgiving and so that you're not carrying a whole bunch of stuff with you when you do, when that friendship does fade away. Um, but yeah, it's a, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. I think some of that maybe comes what Art was saying too. You're going to have your friends that are really... Like it's a mutual thing. You're really um, vulnerable with each other. You're mutually um, um, contributing to that friendship. And then there's other ones where it is a little bit more. You you're contributing. They're more receiving. And so some of the expectations maybe in that friendship too. Yeah, it's a tough one. Any anybody else? Anything to add? I, I always count it a privilege to just get to know people. Right, I I'm pretty extroverted, so uh, I like just talking to strangers in a line, and I just want to meet people and hear a story, and it's a privilege. And sometimes that that level of friendship doesn't go anywhere beyond, you know, I know your name, we have shared experience because we work in the same area or something like that, right? Maybe it doesn't go beyond that, but whatever it does allow you. You consider a treasure. Well, what a treasure. I know you to this degree. Thank you for recognizing me in a crowd, right? Like, it's a privilege to know each other. And we're not all going to get 150 very deep, intimate, close friends. Some some people have that ability to maintain that sort of thing. I, I'd be exhausted. Remember, like, years ago, we realized that we weren't doing a good enough job of befriending our friends, and we made a joke no new friends. You remember that? Yeah. It's like no new friends because we just couldn't sustain what we had. And you can exhaust yourself trying to be everyone's friend. But you can be faithful to someone and genuine to someone. 
as a neighbor or as a coworker or whatever, it doesn't mean you have to elevate to best friend status. And uh, it's okay. You were actually sharing that recently about the power of neighbors, um, of the, po- the, the power of loose ties. <laughs> yeah. Of just like, oh, I bring a cup of sugar over and they, you know, keep an eye on my house and I might, you know, shovel a little bit farther on the walk for their, for their walk, you know, yeah. when, you know, you're shoveling your drive. And, and so you know, there's, there's power in just like the loose ties as well. There's power in, in the random person who, you know, maybe you gather around and you talk about the hockey game last night or you talk about just that's, that's the connection and, you know, you might be showing Jesus in some way through the, the power of loose ties or the loose connections. That's good. Some other questions or even thoughts if you guys feel like you have like friendship insights that you guys want to mm-hmm. share. I think, um, like, you uh, found a new friend, you found a treasure, like, because, uh, I friend indeed is someone that you can. Counting uh, in every season of your life, mm. so so you you have uh, friends in general like you you meet some some people and uh, oh they are my friends but you I think you have one or two a person that you can really counting and then you can share your life mm. and then, so I think this is a a treasure like because. Um, God says in Genesis, like, it's not good that the, the man lives alone. So mm-hmm. I think friendship is, uh, is like that as well, because you, you need, uh, like, for example, mainly in the Christian life, you need uh, each other to, like, to, to, uh, uh, motivate us to like give us a, a word of wisdom and uh, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, a good friend is a treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I feel like it's it's impossible to follow Jesus alone. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is something that I've learned. I feel like the seasons where I haven't been in deep friendship with people, my life with Jesus does not look as good, right? And and even sometimes it's just hanging out with them, right? But there is also the value to just, you know, having a friend that can actually challenge you and spur one another on, right, to, to good deeds and to, uh, to following him. Yeah, it's really good. So I, I remember we, we used to do, like, um, all these spiritual gifts tests and personality tests and stuff like this, right? I found them to be silly because it's not a matter of me telling myself that, I'm good at that. It's my community. It's my friends that tell me, dude, you're funny. Or, dude, you, you're a teacher. Right. Like, that's the gift I see in you. Right. It's always your friends that call it out in you, right? Yeah. The amount of times somebody has come to me with a spiritual gift test saying, I am so gifted at speaking. <laughs> like, really? Oh, man. <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah, the American Idol guys. <laughs> the guys that go on American Idol and they, they sing like me and they squawk and they yeah. can't hold a tune. Yeah. And they go, who told you you're a good singer? My friends. <laughs> you need new friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think generally, probably, there's a lot of lack of friendship mm-hmm. in, 
in the world mm-hmm. these yeah. days, I would say. I think people are very lonely. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is something, it's a skill that, I don't know if it, you could call it a skill, but I think it is something that we need to be intentional about and yeah. that we need to work at. It doesn't just, they don't, good friendships, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't just happen. Right? Yeah. So, so I, think there, I think there are a lot of lonely people people who don't feel like they have a real connection or their friends or their Instagram friends or their Facebook friends, which that's just not, you know, not the, there's not the connection part there. So I think it, 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 I think there is a lot of loneliness there. Can the panel ask a question? Of course. Cause I, cause that reminds me, like I got three teenage boys for the most part, they got real life friendships, but I just wonder for the younger generation, so this question's for the younger generation. How do you see friendship, true, like if, if you're taking away anything we're putting down here about, you know, trust and loyalty and long-term friendship and being in the tough times and how does that relate to digital, digital world, social media friendships? Like where, does, where do the lines kind of cross or blur when you got... Like, I've had to get to know our pre-technology days, <laughs> right? So it was like, I mean, that's what we did. Yeah. We took the time to hang out together. But that's not my kid's reality anymore. They're just, my, my son could lay in his bed mm-hmm. for two hours and just be social media, Snapchatting, Instagramming, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and to him, he may have found meaningful friendship in that, but he didn't, he didn't say a, 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 he didn't see a single person other than dad going, hey, let's go eat some supper now. <laughs> so thoughts, younger generation. Memes. Memes. <laughs> <laughs> you only share memes. You don't know them at all. But you only share memes each other. That's awesome. <laughs> don't recommend it. <laughs> it's hard because like people also adopt personality. Online, that like it's not like untruthful to who they are, but like you'll always notice texting someone they talk differently than they talk to you in person. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. You lose a lot of communication through text. Mm-hmm. You, I think you lose like eighty or even ninety percent of your communication through text because you're missing facial expressions, you're missing tone. So online. Personally, it's how I stay connected with those people that I drift away from because I don't have Mm. time to spend with them. I can see what they're up to. I can say, hey, I know this person, or if I need a certain skill, I guess I might know somebody. I do think social media has changed a lot and a little bit too much of kids being kids and kids socializing with each other. So, personally, I'm not on social media as much as a lot of people. I know a lot of people find it a really good way just to stay connected with someone who's not necessarily their best friend, but they can feel like they know people when they don't have the time or when you kind of just drift away. Mm-hmm. That's I good answer. I think it's like a blessing and a curse because, mm-hmm. like, I moved away across the country to come to school here. So, like, the only way I'm connected with my best friend is like via calling or texting or whatever. Um, but then, yeah, I think the word friend has lost all of its meaning mm. because of online. Because I can follow someone on Instagram and be like, okay, we're friends now. But like, never have a real conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and like he was saying before, like you, 
talking face-to-face is a lot different than talking online. And I feel like teens nowadays can feel like they can be more vulnerable solely because they're online. Mm-hmm. So I think that has also lost a lot of meaning because you, you can be very vulnerable to someone online, but like never have the guts to say that in person, but is that really a friend? <coughs> so I don't know. Yeah, blessing and a curse for sure. Anything that's a tool can also be a weapon. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, that's that's interesting about the vulnerability of like we live in like this hyper vulnerable time where people like mm-hmm. are wanting to like share everything and like people are sharing and with their like friends that <coughs> they've never seen and they don't know but nobody around them knows the things they're going through. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's something real that's irreplaceable through the face-to-face seeing someone share the thing that's hard right being with them to comfort them to give them a hug to ask them yeah uh here's a question how do we deal with uh or how do we grieve the loss of a friend Meaning like death or just meaning two people it could be drifting? Death, it could be change of circumstances, it could be any of those situations. I, I think it's just a, it's a little by little thing. I think some of it will be your own personality, how you, how you do that. Um, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a magic way. <laughs> like it, it, and it's probably different for each friendship, right? There's mm-hmm. one where I pray regularly for someone who's not not really a, wouldn't call me a friend anymore. Um, others where eventually I don't. It's the grieving has happened, and it, I don't think about them much anymore, right? So I think it really. I don't know. I don't know if there's a magic formula to that. I think it depends on how you person, your own personality. I think there's probably times where God will say, don't even pray for them anymore because that keeps you connected to them in your heart. right? So I think there's a lot of layers, a lot of different circumstances that would dictate exactly how you would do, walk through that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's grieving, grieving a loss of a friend, and it's like, do you still want to be that person's friend, or do you do you want separation and you want split? Like, it there's different different circumstances as to what that grieving, you know, um, what that grieving is. So, yeah, I think it's probably not a whole lot different than grieving someone that you've lost like physically have lost right is there's just all kinds of journeys in that you can be angry you can be upset you can be sad you can you know then find some freedom like there's it's a journey i think complex complex yeah i'm curious on your advice for sustaining relationships when you feel like you're at capacity or you're at max or you're too drained to really put a whole lot into Mm -hmm. everything honesty Mm -hmm. say hey I am so sorry I am drained I'm at my max I don't have the capacity Mm -hmm. I think some of that 
comes into what Art was saying before. Like, I, I don't have the one, two, three, four, five down on my levels of friendships, but there, <laughs> there, are, there are people who, like, I, I, Carrie and I see each other every week, and that's a life-giving thing to me. Um, but in, like, I, at, at the moment, I have some breakfasts booked for March, like way down in March, right? And it, and it is, it's that honesty thing. I really like to see you, but my next mm -hmm. few weeks are really full. So can, are you okay if we just schedule some in the middle of March? Um, right. So I think it's some of that is, and I have, I have friends that I'll see once a year. You know, we go for, we go for breakfast once a year. I see, have other friends that mm -hmm. I see every, every five or six months, right? So I think honesty mm -hmm. is, is a big part of it. I'm, I'm in a really busy season. Um, but maybe some of those friends are ones that, that you do just, like you catch up once a year. Mm -hmm. And you, you're, you're just okay with that. Because it's, that's, that, it's just a different type of friendship. Um, if Carrie told me that we were just going to catch up once a year... That would be, we, there, I would have a big problem with that. That would not be okay. But I have other friends where that is okay. We see each other once a year, we catch up. Other ones where every, every four months we go for breakfast or whatever. So, and I think different seasons are, are there are different seasons when you, you are just going to be too full with other things. I like what you said too about even book something. Like, like, like I, I don't know if you guys may have found these conversations I have. I say, hey, yeah, we should get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we should. Yeah, <laughs> Two passing ships in the night. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I mean, I joke about us getting together, watch Barbie, but that that's legit. Like, in December, our two, my wife, Karina, Art and I, we were going to get down and watch Barbie. We haven't done it yet. But we had some dates, didn't work out. Things, life happens. But it's still, still in, the, in the mind. Let's get together and do that. So, you know what? If they're truly a friend, they'll understand that life happens and you might have to bump a little bit. Bump a little bit. But make it happen. I think being able to establish that, that trust and forgiveness as well. Like, I think I'm in a season with my, I'd say, my best friend right now where... Like, I think we, like, we missed, we call it weekly, and, like, we missed our last, um, last Friday, and it just was, like, it was, like, hey, man, things are busy, right, sorry, and, like, we'll reconnect next week, like, really need to make sure that we're getting that phone call, in. and just, like, like, I don't know, there's just, like, an understanding of love there, there's an understanding of trust there, and we both just kind of were, like, things were, things were crazy, and, um, couldn't make the regular thing that we were doing, and I just, like, I don't know, we just didn't take it serious, like, we didn't hold it as, like, this big, you know, slight against me, and I think, um, one thing that I feel like has been, helped me a lot is just assume positive intent, um, I actually feel like that has been a huge helpful rule for me in my life, just, like, assume positive intent from everyone, right, like, someone cancels a phone call on you, you have the choice to mm -hmm. assume that they hate you, and that they don't <laughs> want to talk to you ever again, or you have the chance to say, oh, you know, I'm going to just assume positive intent and say that, you know, I actually think that they um, they could be doing something really important right now and that they actually still really love me and they care for me. And I think that's where, where texting is probably a really good thing, right? Because you can send a really quick, you don't have to have a big, long conversation. You can send a quick text. 
was thinking about you today. I'm in a really busy season. I'm looking forward to getting together, but it's probably going to have to be in March or whatever, right? So you can not have the, you don't have to have the big long conversation, but I was thinking of you. And um, then there's there's a quick connection that doesn't take a lot of time, but that um, it's going to be a positive. <laughs> Barb and I have a friend who is going through cancer and chemotherapy, third stage three of six uh, chemotherapy sessions. And uh, you always feel bad. You want to visit them. You want to spend time with them, but they don't have the capacity. And we have to have the understanding for that. And she writes a, a generic email out to everyone. Please don't be offended. Don't bring me food. It all tastes like dirt, right? Because of the chemotherapy or whatever. Mm-hmm. She didn't say dirt. I can't remember what she said. But it's like, uh, you know, but we have understanding for it. Mm-hmm. And so the reciprocal side of it as a friend, you have to give grace to people too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Have understanding that your friends are going through stuff. Mm-hmm. And just send a quick little message. Hey, so-and-so, just want to let you know, thinking of you, caring for you, praying for you, don't feel obligated to write back. I know you at full capacity. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Right. <clears throat> well, I'm going to close this out um, with a scripture that's been talked about a few times, and then I'll pray for you. It's in John 13, verse 34, it says, A new command I give you. That's kind of fun. A new command. <laughs> love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so, um, let me pray for you guys. God, would our friendship with one another, Lord, be a sign to the world, Lord, that um, Lord, that we have love in our communities, Lord, that we have love because you have first loved us. And Lord, would we follow that command? Would we love one another in friendship? Lord, would we, would we be open and honest, Lord, with the people in our lives that, to be vulnerable, Lord, to, to encourage one another on uh, in love, Lord, um, that we might be able to experience you more and experience, Lord, the, the reason why we are created, Lord, to, to love ultimately. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for um, the wisdom that we've gained tonight for each of our panelists, and um, Lord, we just pray just a blessing over each that was able to be here in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So go and be a good friend and find some good friends. Three weeks from tonight, we'll uh, dig down a little deeper into this. Yeah. Yeah. So three weeks from tonight, we're going to do a converted conversations. So this will be a really fun one. Just talk about friendship. Talk about what it means to be a friend with one another and just have a more open discussion. Um, just with everybody chiming in. So um, we have what I think is one of the best friend foods for each of you, um, which is some chips and salsa. Um, and so feel free to stick around and, and grab you can't, some chips and salsa. you can't make old friends. You cannot make old friends. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Can you be friends with old people? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. We hope this has helped you to consider how you could have a better friend. Has this conversation inspired you to have friendship goals or now you have more questions than answers? Well, we hope to see you on Thursday, February 29th at Brentview Baptist Church for Convergent Conversations on Friendship. See you there.